0: Where would the Sacramento Kings be without Harrison Barnes? Well, they've played four games. They definitely would be zero and four. Heck, somehow they'd find a way to be zero and five, even only playing four games without Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, the Black Falcon, with the game winner in Phoenix. The Sacramento Kings overcome a dreadful first half. I'm not going to lie to you. I was preparing for a doom and gloom episode of Locked on Kings tonight, but instead we're celebrating the Kings are 502 and 2 Big win of the defending Western Conference champions. We'll talk about it on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings,
1: your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of
0: Locked on King. Hello, and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member covering the Sacramento Kings uh, for the last seven years. This is actually my eighth season. Uh, covering the Kings. I used to cover them for Sports 1140 KHTK Radio in Sacramento. Now I'm with ABC 10 Television in Sacramento. But regardless of what outlet I cover this Kings team for, I always, always enjoy a buzzer beater victory. And this game was, you talk about a roller coaster ride. It got off to a dreadful start. The first half looked like a lot of what we saw defensively from the Sacramento Kings. All last season, the Kings look lethargic. The Phoenix Suns, who are now one and three, by the way, came into this game one and two. They were looking to get right, and it looked like the Sacramento Kings were that perfect get right game on their schedule. They were in control, uh, and somehow, someway, the Kings flip their script so far this season it's been really really strong starts really good first half and then the second half has fallen apart for the kings especially in the fourth quarter where the kings have been outscored by 30 po- uh, points in the fourth and funny enough in this game the Kings were still outscored in the fourth quarter, but the difference in this game was what the Kings did in the third quarter. The adjustments that they made during halftime uh, leading to an absolutely dominant third quarter, mainly on the back of Buddy Heald. And Of course, we are going to talk about Buddy uh, and the third quarter that he had leading the Kings uh, with their push. But overall, the Kings outscored the Phoenix Suns 29-15. to 15. In that third quarter, that's what gave them the lead. And then the fourth quarter, they extended that lead a little bit. Then they fell apart. The Phoenix Suns started battling back, tied the game off of a buddy-heeled turnover. Uh, The Kings get a crucial stop. They get a crucial uh, defensive rebound, a timeout, three seconds left. Harrison Barnes, catch, shoot, fadeaway three, bucket, Kings get the victory. They are two and two on the season. So much from this game to talk about. Let's just start with Harrison Barnes, right? Because he is, without a doubt, above and beyond. No disrespect to anybody else on this roster. Harrison Barnes has been the best player on this Kings team this season, and it's not even close. Harrison Barnes has been one of the best players in the NBA this season, and it's not even close. And if you've watched or listened to my last couple of Locked On Kings podcasts since the Utah Jazz game, I talked about when I worked with the Utah Jazz, how their radio broadcast team uh, was talking about what an asset Harrison Barnes is going to be at the trade deadline and how there are going to be so many teams looking for Harrison because he could be that missing piece uh, for a championship team. I'm here to tell you, Harrison Barnes is not going anywhere. This is the only logical scenario in my mind of the Kings trading Harrison Barnes. If they are so far out of it, we're talking about Luke Walton has already been fired. Maybe De'Aaron Fox and or Tyrese Halliburton have been shut down because of injuries. The Kings are 15 to 20 games under 500, have no chance of making the play in or the playoffs. That's the only time when the Kings would consider trading Harrison Barnes. And even then they would need to be blown away by a package. I'm talking about multiple first rounders or a very solid young asset in return uh, for the Kings to build upon. That's not going to happen. So in the end, Harrison Barnes is not going to be traded. HB is not going anywhere. HB is going into his final year of his contract that the Kings signed him to after trading for him a number of years ago. And I would not be surprised at all at this off season going into next season. If the Kings ink Harrison Barnes to an extension. The dude is still under 30 years old. I think he has uh more than his fair share of good years still to provide for any team. He is so solid, he is so consistent. Once again, in this game, when the Kings needed to stop the bleeding, needed to get a big bucket, especially in the fourth quarter when the Phoenix Suns were making their run. It was Harrison Barnes with the ball in his hands. The only reason why the Kings Well, one of the main reasons I should say why the Kings weren't down by 25 in the first half was because of the play of Harrison Barnes on both ends of the floor. He's Mr. Reliable, and I will continue to say it over and over and over again until you're tired of hearing it. The Sacramento Kings historically really, really struggle with finding solid wing production. Look at this team right now. Harrison Barnes is on this team, which is fantastic. Mo Harkless, I thought it was great that the Sacramento Kings brought him back. In terms of wing depth, that's it. I mean, Robert Woodard, you could throw in there, but he was just assigned to the Stockton Kings, which is the right move. He's not ready yet. Other than that, that's why the Kings are playing three guard lineups so much. They don't have wing depth. The Kings have always, always struggled to fill that wing spot. Always. So many years of guys like John Salmons and Andres Nocioni. Uh, every once in a while, we get those good years of run our test, right? And then had Rudy Gay for a little while and that worked until it didn't. Then you have Harrison Barnes here, like, Good wings in Sacramento have been few and far between. So when you have one like Harrison, who is as reliable as he is, no, he's not the sexiest player on the planet. No, he doesn't blow you away with amazing numbers, but he is consistent. And every once in a while, he'll give you a game winner like this. He had a similar game winner last season in an empty uh, golden one center. HB is so clutch, so important for this team. As soon as the Sacramento Kings can sign him to another contract, I absolutely hope that they do it. But getting away from Harrison Barnes, let's talk about this game from a full Kings team perspective. Like I said, tale of two halves. I was fully preparing. Like During halftime, I'm sitting there, I'm writing notes, and I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to convey that basically the Sacramento Kings looked like last year's team without recording the same podcast that I felt like I recorded 35 times last season. It was the same story of Man, the Kings came out slow in the first half. The Phoenix Suns punched them in the mouth defensively. The Kings looked uh, disinterested, and the big difference in this game, the major difference that I saw with the halftime adjustment for the Sacramento Kings, what they had in the third and fourth quarters that they didn't have in the first and second, it all has to do with physicality. This Kings team last season, as you very well know, was soft. They got pushed around. They got bullied. They didn't even have players to stand up for when Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, pulled Chemezi Metu off the rim, or when Tyrese Halliburton was pushed in the back and shoved out of bounds. Nobody said anything. This Kings team was just straight up soft last season. They were bullied on the floor. They were bullied off the floor. That hasn't been an issue through these first three games. Maybe a little bit in the fourth quarter, but that hadn't been an issue so far. At the start of this first half, it was a massive issue. The Suns were getting anywhere that they wanted. On both ends of the floor, the Kings were struggling. They couldn't stop anybody. DeAndre Ayton basically pitched a tent uh, in the paint and was getting everything he wanted. So many second-chance opportunities, so many alley-oop lobs uh, from Chris Paul to DeAndre Ayton. There was nothing the Kings could do because they weren't willing to match the physicality and the effort of the Phoenix Suns right out of the gate. And then offensively, we were seeing the Kings... uh, Uh, fall into half-court offensive sets and basically revert back to the struggles in the half-court that we've seen during the fourth quarter so far this season and we saw a lot last season, which was a lot of isolation play, maybe one pick and roll resulting in a mid-range jumper or a contested three, or if De'Aaron Fox or anybody else was trying to attack the basket, they weren't really going aggressively to the rim. They were settling for step-back jumpers or floaters in the lane. Everything about the Kings in that first half was soft. And the first thing that jumped out to me in the third quarter, the Kings came out. Full credit to them. I don't know who said anything at halftime. You're actually hopefully going to hear from uh from Luke Walton um at the end of this podcast. And he wouldn't say if if it was him or anybody in particular who uh who stood up in the locker room and, and lit a fire under this team's ass, but they came out in the second half and they instantly were more physical. Offensively they were attacking the basket, putting their shoulder down. Defensively they were moving their feet. They were cutting off uh cuts to the basket, and they were playing really handsy defense. Now, normally, it's not good to defend with your hands. There's a difference between defending with your hands and being handsy. And when I say handsy, it's what the Kings have been doing really well in these first three games in the first half, which is being disruptive. It's so what makes Davion Mitchell so good is if you're attacking the basket, even if you get a step and get by Davion a little bit, you have to make sure to protect the basketball on your way up because he'll strip the ball away from you or knock it away from you. Or if you're just a ball handler and you're just trying to basic dribble, Davion's in there trying to poke the ball away and just getting up underneath you and, and, and getting handsy, disrupting your flow. We saw the Kings doing. Doing that in the second half, that was leading to transition opportunities, with which also led to a momentum shift. And then Buddy Hield got going from three point range. We'll talk about his game. Plus, we have to talk about the play of both Rashawn Holmes and Alex Len. The bigs were very important for the Sacramento Kings tonight. Uh, there's still so much to get to from this game. Can't wait to get to that. Right now, though, I do have to pause because I want to make sure I tell you about Sweat Block, one of the great sponsors here of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Kings Podcast. Sweat Block is the anti-perspirant wipes that work better than anything else on the market really. One wipe can get you up to 7 days per use. And I'm not speaking as someone who's never used this before and is just reading off a script. I have used these. I use Sweat Block a ton. I've used it during the summertime going out and golfing, staying dry on the course. I've used it just hanging around the house. And hey, even though it's wintertime, You can still get hot. You can still get sweaty. You can still get uncomfortable. And Sweat Block has worked very, very well for me. It's worked for my wife. It's worked for a good friend of mine. I think that it will work for you too. Doctor created, doctor recommended, like I said, works up to seven days per use. And they give you a dry shirt guarantee, meaning if Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. And it's not just for your armpits, by the way. It's for your chest, your back, your feet, your hands. You can use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere. It works. Trust me. Very easy to get. You can get it on Amazon. Check out their 13,000 reviews there on Amazon. If you don't just want to take my word for it, uh, you can get it at your local CVS pharmacy. I recommend getting it at sweatblock.com because you can use our promo code locked on for 20% off. Get yourself a box of sweatblock. Get rid of those uncomfortable and embarrassing sweat stains. Gotta talk about the play of Buddy Heald, how important he was for the Kings in this third quarter, because make no mistake about it, Buddy Heald, who struggled in the first half, he wasn't alone. Most of the Sacramento Kings struggled in the first half, but the Kings are nowhere close to winning this game and pulling off this comeback without the play of Buddy Heald and his 14 points in the third quarter. He caught fire, and I actually ended up asking Luke Walton about his philosophy with keeping guys like Buddy and guys like Terrence Davis in the game when they're going through shooting struggles. Remember, Buddy was coming off of of a game against the uh, the the Golden State Warriors, where he didn't score his first point until the fourth quarter. He didn't look good at all. His shot wasn't falling. He starts the second or uh, comes in the first half of this game and defensively, he and the rest of the team are struggling. Definitely not all on on him, but he doesn't look good. He's forcing things offensively. The Kings in general were forcing things offensively. Buddy Heald didn't do anything wrong in the first half that other players weren't doing. So this is not going to be a, man, Buddy was terrible only by himself in the first half, and then he redeemed himself in the second half. That's really not the case. The Kings as a whole were bad. Buddy Heald was one of the main guys who stepped up in the second half and gave the Kings the offensive spark that they needed. Other players stepped up defensively to give the Kings a chance to get back into this game, but they still had to score points to close the gap and then eventually build a lead of their own. Buddy Heald was the guy for the Sacramento Kings. And he had a number of really, really good possessions, found ways to get open shots, took a couple bad shots in transition. I will admit as he was feeling it, going for some heat checks. Uh, he finished with 26 points to lead uh, the Sacramento Kings and scoring off the bench, eight of 17 from the field, seven of 11, from three-point range, just an idea of what Buddy can do when he's hitting a high volume of threes. And I like the fact that he only took 11. He didn't need to take 16, 17 threes to hit seven of them. And the majority of those 11 threes were good shots, catch and shot, uh, shoot shots in rhythm. But there was also a, a moment in this game that that stood out to me for Buddy Heald. And I don't know if you remember it. If I can find it, I'm going to tweet it out at Matt George Uh because he was being guarded by Jay Crowder, who Jay is one of my favorite underrated players in the NBA. He's bounced around a lot, but he's been on a lot of really good teams. He's a great on ball defender. I like Jay Crowder a lot. And Jay Crowder is guarding Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is dribbling the ball pretty much alone in the corner. And most of us are probably clenching like, oh God, when Buddy's putting the ball on the floor against a good defender, this probably isn't going to end up well. Buddy Heald put Jay Crowder in the spin cycle. Jay could not stay in front of Buddy. Some nice step back crossover dribbles resulted in a good look. Buddy healed just that possession alone showed that Buddy is capable of making plays by himself, putting the ball on the floor. Now I don't want him to do it that often. I don't need him to do it more than a couple times a game, but it just goes to show that he's capable of that. And that's what Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff has really been asking of him over the last few seasons. Buddy as a whole was fantastic. I do question though, in the fourth quarter, why Buddy was in the game at the end when the Kings didn't need buckets, they needed stops. I'm not talking about the very, very end when Harrison hit his game winning three, but I'm talking about the Kings had somewhere around like a six to eight point lead and the Phoenix Suns came roaring back. Buddy Heald was on the floor the entire time. And I get he was the hot hand. You're going to hear Luke Walton. I, I hope you're going to hear full transparency. Uh I, I missed Part of the Kings post game press conference, so I wasn't able to record all of it. So I'm waiting for the Kings to send that audio to me. So if you have audio at the end of this podcast from both Luke Walton uh, and Harrison Barnes, fantastic. If not, I'm going to sound like an idiot and hopefully I'll have something to fill that gap for you. But uh, Luke talked about how he kind of abandoned his game plan after the struggles of the first half and he ended up sticking with guys who were playing the right way, were playing hard on both ends of the floor, and who had the hot hand, who were providing that spark. And, of course, Buddy Heald was so essential to that King's comeback. That's why he was on the floor. Luke Walton Walton wanted to reward him. And to some extent, I understood that. But at the same time, too, this isn't NBA 2K. When a guy is hot, he doesn't get all of his stats boosted. Buddy Heald's defense does not get exponentially better when he is shooting the ball better. Maybe his effort gets a little bit better, but I don't think effort has ever really been a question for Buddy Heald. It's just been his ability to execute defensively. Buddy Heald, in my opinion, should not have been on the floor for a good portion of that Suns comeback late in the fourth quarter. Now, that being said, Buddy did have an excellent on-ball defensive possession uh, at the very end when the Suns had a chance to take the lead late uh, which resulted in the miss that, that Rashawn Holmes got an excellent rebound, and then Harrison Barnes hit the game winner. Buddy did very, very well there. So I have to take kind of everything that I'm saying right now with a grain of salt, because when it mattered, he did have a good, solid defensive um, stand. But as a whole, I would have liked Luke. Walton. Well, I get him trying to show tr- trust and faith in Buddy Heald, and maybe he knows this a lot better than I do. I think the right play there, especially when stealing wins like this early on in the season against a good team in Phoenix who is struggling right now. The right play there is putting Davion Mitchell in that game when you need defensive stops and then putting Buddy right back in if you do need a bucket like you needed at the end. That's just my two cents on things. Overall, I have very little to complain about when it comes to Buddy Heald in this game. I do have a little bit to complain about, though, when it comes to De'Aaron Fox. However, Fox, once again... Scored less than 20 points, which normally results in a loss for the Sacramento Kings. In this case, kind of nearly did. He had 18 points, 7 of 20 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3-point range, and then, unfortunately, 3 of 7 from the free-throw line. Fox continued to struggle offensively, scoring and and, and really taking over this game. I still felt like a majority of this game, he was coasting a little bit. And he was having a hard time aggressively attacking to the rim and, and getting to the rim in the first half, especially. But I will say, no way De'Aaron Fox can, this game can, can be considered a great game for De'Aaron. But I do consider this a good game for De'Aaron. He didn't have a good game when it comes to point totals. Normally a good game for De'Aaron would be like 23, 25, maybe even 27 points, which I think he can get to really with his eyes closed most of the time. And I'm, I'm confused why he hasn't been able to get to that over the last three games. He's He's in a slump right now. But he still was really good in the second half because he did try to be aggressive. It didn't result in as many uh, points as you would like from De'Aaron. Didn't it result in as many trips to the foul line as maybe you would like from De'Aaron. But it did result in the defense being forced to respect him because he still is De'Aaron Fox. Even if he's struggling right now, he carries his rotation with him every time he's on the floor. So if he puts his shoulder down, uses that burst of speed, and tries to get to the rim, if he dribbles in the lane trying to get to or into the paint, defenses are going to collapse on him. We saw him get a couple buckets around the paint with that. And most importantly, we saw him get open opportunities for his teammates. In a game where De'Aaron does only score 18 points, he finished with nine assists. So it's a good game for De'Aaron Fox. He did what he needed to do to create a spark, even when he wasn't being the primary scorer for the Sacramento Kings. He recognized how Buddy Heald had the hot hand, he recognized how Harrison Barnes can pin- continue to be uh, the strong contributor offensively. And he did what he could to open up the game for them. Tyrese also did something similar. The assist numbers aren't nearly as good. Only three assists. Finished with 15 points. He had a clutch three off of a De'Aaron Fox assist uh, in the fourth quarter. A fadeaway, falling out of bounds corner three. That reminded me of some of the three-point shots that he hit in the clutch at the start of last season. Tyrese's rookie season. Uh, But overall, again, offensively, Tyrese, Fox, you need better out of them. You're lucky Honestly, to get this win, it took a a Hail Mary game winner from Harrison Barnes for you to get this win because Fox and Halliburton still weren't up to the level that you want or expect offensively, but they still did enough to impact this Kings win. So I'm pleased with that. They were not as impactful though, in my mind, as both Rashawn Holmes and Alex Lennon were Rashawn continues to be incredibly important for this Kings team. And the biggest uh, stat for Rashawn in this game was the fact that he played 29 minutes, stayed out of foul trouble, even though he was battling with DeAndre Ayton. Now, Ayton got the absolute best of him and everybody on the Kings in the first half. Second half, though, Rashawn found a way to be more effective. Another double-double for him. I think that's three and four games, 12 points, uh, 12 rebounds, including uh, three offensive rebounds. Also had three assists and a block shot. He was excellent. And then Alex Len was really good in the, I want to say, second quarter. He he came in in the second quarter, ended up hitting two threes in this game, which I don't know if I've ever seen Alex Len shoot threes and he nailed both of them, two of two, had 10 points in 18 minutes off the bench, three of four uh, overall, along with, uh, with three rebounds and assists, uh, a block shot, a steal. He was impactful as he always is. It doesn't matter how many minutes Alex Len plays. When he comes in, he is good. He is solid and he contributes for the Sacramento Kings. And I know Walton likes to make it more matchup based who he decides to go with between Tristan Thompson and Alex Len. I think at this point, Alex Len has deserved, or at this point, he deserves to be the guy more than Tristan Thompson, just based off of how he's played. No disrespect to Tristan. I think still Tristan is important to this team as a leader, uh, but Alex Len comes in and changes the game and it has a positive effect for this Kings team. And he did it again. The second quarter, uh, he helps keep the game from getting out of hand, help keep the game somewhat close, keep the Kings in it. Uh, and then in the second half, he was part of the Kings Uh, being able to hold on and win this game. So very, very good games from both Rashawn Holmes and Alex Len. Now, before I do another ad read for another great sponsor here of Locked on Kings, like I said, I'm expecting this next segment to have audio from Luke Walton and Harrison Barnes. So as of right now, we're both on the same page. We're both in the dark. Are we going to have that? We'll have to wait and see. The suspense is killing me. Will we hear from both of those guys uh, coming out of this ad read? Who knows? Can't wait to find out. Right now though, I'll let you know that today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet, by far, bar none. I am a picky eater, a very picky eater, especially when it comes to protein-based products. And look at me, I'm a twig. I'm sorry, audio listeners. Basically, if you've seen a picture of me and if you think I look like a barcode, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. If I turn sideways, I'm a straight line. I was really good at hide and seek as a kid because I could slide behind a dresser. Regardless, I need to put on the weight and I need more protein in my diet. And Built Bar provides that protein for me and it does so in a way that's still tasty. I've tried protein-based products in the past Really, really struggled with them because I tasted more protein powder powder than the flavor profile of whatever I was eating. That is not the case with Built Bar. When I bite into a mint brownie bar, I taste mint brownie. I kind of taste like mint chocolate chip ice cream, which is my favorite ice cream. I also love like the strawberry bar and the orange bar. I taste the fruit, not the protein powder. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're delicious, soft, easy to chew, and they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. You can get yourself a box right now at Built.com. And when you do, make sure you use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, what do you know? We do have post-game audio. We'll start with the hero in this game, the Black Falcon, Harrison Barnes. How did that feel? Was that any
2: similar to the shot you had against the Cavs last year, even though it was more in a half court set than the full court one last year? Uh man, honestly, we we're just trying to we we're just trying to get a good look. Uh, we knew that,
3: you know, worst case scenario, you know, we go to OT. Um, you know, so it, was, so it was a little bit different situation, but that was that was our biggest thing, just with no timeouts to try to get a good look at. It.
0: Yeah, Harrison, you guys had a nice lead there in the fourth and you let it slip a little bit uh, like you have in some of the other games. Just how good does it feel to, to have the game winner go down like that and you guys get to celebrate on their court?
3: I mean, I think there's something to be said, you know, obviously about the win, but uh, I think overall in this game, we would have to be better. Like, you know, in the first half, um, you know, the way we played, is not necessarily the compete level, kind of going to the fourth, you know, up 10, um, and kind of just letting them work their way back. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you win the game, you say, oh, you know, we did all these things to win the game. But, you know, there could have been easily one or two shots or play that they made that, you know, we say we, love, we lost another game, you know, down the stretch. I
1: was about to say, you know, obviously the Suns were one of the better teams in the NBA last year, you know, to, to beat them on their home court, hit that three-pointer. Does it say something about how the Kings might be, you know, kind of rising in the West and a good kind of springboard for that?
3: Yeah, you know, I think in our first three games, you know, we felt like, you know, we were in every single one. We just needed to put things together, um, you know, in that Utah game, and that Warriors game. So, you know, coming here, um, you know, we remember obviously playing them last year, you know, new CP book down the stretch. They really did to execute as a team in the finals last year. Uh, we had to be on point. And, and I was just proud of our group for just continuing to battle, continue to hang in there and, and get a win.
1: You held them to 15 points in the quarter. But defensively, it really you look like you kind of locked them down for a little. What was working well when
3: it was going well? I mean, just trying to just create disruptions. I think when you look at that first half, I mean, it was, it was almost like we were just, we were playing them right there in shoot them You know, everyone's just coming off, getting free looks, getting, you know, dunks, layups, pretty much anything that they wanted. And I think in the third, we really kind of picked up that intensity. That second unit really came in, played with force and, uh, you know, got us what we needed to do.
2: HB, great shot, man. Congratulations. Um, you know, when you look at how these these first three games went, um, you look at your situation as a team, kind of trying to build something here. What what can a a moment like this, a night like this do for, for the group in terms of, of building and going forward?
3: I mean, it keeps us going. Um, you know, looking at the schedule at the beginning of the season, you know, our first, you know, 10, 15 games, you know, it's not an easy schedule. So, you know, trying to, you know, get as many wins as we can, um, especially those ones we we drop where you feel like you know, you
2: should have won. Um, so to be two and two, um, starting off this road trip, you know, feels good. Yeah, just two real quick, Harrison. How much do you just love having the ball in your hands in a situation like that? You know, I mean,
3: it's credit to my,
2: my teammates and my coaches. Um, you know, they have a lot of, a
3: lot of faith in me, um, you know, to give me the opportunity to shoot that shot. You know, Fox, you know, had a lot of options, obviously found me on that. So, you know, just try to, you know, just be at peace um, and live with the results when you shoot it.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, the way that first half, I know that you were talking about a minute ago, but do you feel like you see a growth there considering, you know, it was a grinded out first half and maybe in teams past, the game may have gotten out of control at the rope slip a little bit. Like you said, does it feel like you guys have made some progress there to not let something like that slip away? Absolutely. You know, a game like that last
3: year, you know, we would come back in the second half and, you know, we'd be down 20, you know, the game would just kind of slip away from us and we would just kind of keep, making the same mistakes over and over so I think it was you know just a testament to where we are as a group that we're able to get back into the game but once again it's it's that that focus to start the game off you know the right way in terms of a competing effort though know, turnovers mental mistakes and like that we can be better but just from a just competing standpoint uh you know, we have to start better
0: hey Harrison you knew that ball was going in when it left your hand right
3: Man, it felt good, man. All my all threes tonight felt good and I made them drop, but you know, I was, I was glad the last one did.
0: And now let's hear from Sacramento Kings head coach, Luke Walton. So much better second half.
4: Um, now, uh, our first half was pretty gross, but you know, that's it looking it's it, it's, you know, find a way some nights. And that's a really good team we just played and uh, to come out and play like that in the se- second half with that energy. Um, we started hitting the glass better, uh, started contesting shots better, and we played at a faster pace. And that's that's how we have to do uh, for the whole game. So I was proud of the group for really um, stepping up as far as that have, being a weakness of ours in the first three games. Um, but, yeah, it was, that's a good way to start off, really good way to start off, uh, start off a hard, a hard, long trip.
1: What's what's the range of emotions in that final minute or two? You know, when you kind of blow that late lead, and then
4: Harrison yeah. obviously hits an incredible shot, I and mean, just kind of take it through yeah, it's just why you know pro sports are so fun. You know, playing's the best, and the next best thing is coaching, uh, and, and it it, it is a emotional roller coaster sometimes. But you know, it, it's I'm happy for our guys because they did play really hard tonight. Um, they fought back from a, a poor first half and, and built up a nice lead, made some big plays, but we have to learn from that. You know, it's uh, Booker hitting transition threes, overhelping in a time and place where you know we sh- we should be staying home on shooters when we have the lead. These are things, and look, we got young players out there on the court—Davion, Tyrese—like they're, you know, th- that's this is good experience for some of them. Um, but it is good to get a win in while learning those lessons. I was about to say, you know,
1: the Kings in previous years have been so close and then games like that seem to slip away yeah. and to have one of those games go your way, does it kind of show the growth of the, that maybe these are a diff, different group of
4: games? Well, we are a different group. Um, and it, You know, this is, you know, I know we got a long way to go still, but it's, you know, we've we put in time, we put in work and, um, you know, it, it's, it's a group that believes in each other. Um, we all do. And it's, a, you know, a group that, that knows we're headed in the right direction. And I was a, a big time shot by Harrison tonight, and, and yeah that that helps uh, that helps along the journey getting those type of uh, squeak out wins.
0: Hey Luke, um, you guys got the big shot from Harrison, but really it was the defensive stop on the other end that made the difference, and the huge rebound by Rashawn Holmes. Just how much is that part of what you're trying to build here? That team effort, that defensive stop, that rebound to make it happen at the end.
4: Yeah, it's a great point, James. And it's it, to me, that's more uh, impressive than, than the shot. Uh, you know, Harrison, he's he's made shots like that for us before. Um, but we we preach all the time. We want to be able to rely on our defense. We have to be able to count on our defense for nights that the shots aren't going. And, you know, it's only one play, but it was a heck of a contest. Um, and, 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 you know, Rashawn's outside, you know, oversized out there and he, you know, going up, you know, through different people and coming up with that rebound is huge. So we want to count on our defense and, uh, and it got us a big time stop today. And then Harrison clearly, uh, you know, put us on his back for that last play. Hey, Luke,
2: I'm just curious how you looked at that final sequence when, you know, they had the foul to give obviously, and you have to come up with that play. Was there any, image in your mind from last year's win over Cleveland to kind of, even though that was more of a a full court pass than a half court set for you was, did that kind of give you any confidence to do that again?
4: Uh, Are you talking about the shot Harrison hit or the play before that where Fox got fouled? Well, really the play
2: before that, because they had the foul to give. And all of a sudden you have to switch it up.
4: You know, we we knew they had the foul to give, um, but we were trying to get uh, De'Aaron downhill fast, because then it's, it's tricky out there, you know, being a player, you know, you have a foul to give, but boy, you don't want to foul on on it while someone's gathered. So the, the plan was to get the ball to De'Aaron and get him downhill quick, because normally you want to take those fouls when, the, when someone's back is to the to the basket. And, uh, and and De'Aaron got to where he wanted, but Bridges is he's long and he got he got a piece of him first. Um, but yeah, the shot after that by Harrison reminded me a lot of that Cleveland shot that he hit for us.
0: Hey, Luke, I was curious about uh, your philosophy. We saw Buddy Heald struggle the other night and then have a great uh, second half tonight. Terrence Davis, we know what he can be when he's on, but um, struggled there in the first half. What is your philosophy on those guys that need to shoot through those those struggles to get going, leaving them in versus subbing them out for others who might be more effective on that night?
4: Yeah, you know, it's it's a balancing act. And uh, there are... They're Probably our two two best shooters when they're hot, and uh, it, it's it's we we have all the confidence in the world in them. We want them shooting even if Terrence goes zero for five from three. I still want him taking his next open three, um, and, and same with Buddy. So uh, you know we we want we need them out there, uh, but at the same time we're trying to win games. So if certain guys are having good nights, we're going to play. Uh, you know we're going to go back to those guys for a bigger uh, rotation. Than, than normally planned. Um, but tonight, honestly, in the second half, you know the whole blueprint went out the window because we weren't playing near with enough energy in that first half. So the, the second half was strictly based on who was gonna come out and play with the appropriate uh, energy out there and competitive spirit. And we found it there in the second half.
2: Well, congrats on the win, sir. Um, you know, as it, you look at this group and, and trying to find yourselves and establish an identity, You know, this type of a win uh, to open a road trip, dramatic fashion, what what can it do for for a team?
4: We'll find out in New Orleans. Uh, I I mean, I know what it can do, the hypothetical of what it can do. It can be great for a team. Um, But if you come out, if we come out the next night and and lay an egg, then it doesn't do much uh, other than take us go a step forward, take a step back. So uh, it's got the potential to be a really nice – Jumpstart to a to a hard uh, long trip, um, but it's all about the action of going out there and doing it.
0: Great stuff from both Barnes and Walton. Now I want to hear from you. Your responses to tonight's game, how you were feeling about the first half versus the second half. Was the second half enough of a positive, enough progress for you to dismiss the concerns of the first half, or are you still worried about it? I think it's very fair still to be worried about that first half that the Kings uh, put together because we really thought that that was going to be behind them, that lack of physicality, that lack of effort on the defensive end. We knew this team wasn't going to be amazing every single night defensively like they were, for example, in the first half against Utah and even the first half against Portland. That was going to be hard to sustain through a full 82-game season, but we didn't, we expected the days and the minutes and the quarters of what we saw in that first half for the most part to be cleaned up and corrected by this Kings team. So if you're concerned by that, Hey, let me know at Matt George sack on Twitter. You can email me, uh, Matt George sports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. Appreciate your support on today's long On Kings podcast. We have two more games this week. Of course, post game, uh, podcasts after those games as well. Kings and New Orleans Pelicans coming up next. The Pelicans lost again to the Atlanta Hawks tonight. So they're reeling right now. The Kings trying to build some momentum. Can they get over 500 again uh, with a win in New Orleans? A great start to this four-game road trip. Hey, if you were to tell me at the start of this season, looking at that schedule, that the Kings would be 2-2 and after playing Portland, Utah, um, Golden State, and then uh, Phoenix I think we would have been pretty thrilled by that. All four of those teams, uh, former playoff teams, playoff teams in the Western Conference last season. So, that's big in its own right. Now, of course, the Kings could be 4-0 or 3-1 and if they clean up some mistakes. We'll discuss it all as the season goes on. Whatever is happening Kings-wise, we have all that coverage, that conversation right here for you on the Locked on Kings podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next pod. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.